hey, to all my female baggage droppers out there, I have a question for you. Do you like gold or silver? Well, at Brienne and Company Jewelry Store, you can find anything that you like. That's right. Brienne and Company is a jewelry boutique that has durable minimalist jewelry. She uses genuine pearls, local shells and sea glass, natural gemstones, and of course, precious metals. And these are all quality handcrafted designs by Brienne Light herself. Go and visit her at her website, brienneandco.com, or go to her Instagram that's always popping, at Brienne and Company. Thanks, Brienne. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all of my baggage droppers around the world, welcome to another episode of the Drop Your Baggage Podcast, where we talk to people that are dope, that can give you hope, and, sh and, and show you a technique that can help you cope. Now, I am your guest, Charles Wolfork, the self-talk engineer, the undisputed, undefeated self-talk engineer right here. I got my swagger right here. That's where I'm at right now, you guys. And if you like this podcast, please consider hitting the like and subscribe button if you're on YouTube and Facebook. And if you're on a podcast platform, give a brother five stars and some feedback as well. Now, like I can't like I've had guests on before, but. None that's been more inspiring than this brother right here, Mr. Henry McDavid. Now, yo, yo, listen to me, okay? So CEO bro is what they call him. Henry, one of the co-founders of Kakifer's Entrepreneurial Academy, which is the largest national and private entrepreneur academy for grades K through 12, focused on producing six-figure earning students while in school. Yo, he also has students all over the country. Brother Henry is also an author, professional speaker, and business coach. He teaches barbers, stylists, and other service, uh, service providers how to attract their ideal client and generate more income without having to work 24-7. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll bring to you Henry McDavid. What's up, Henry? Oh. Let's go, man. I'm, I'm ready, man. I'm here. Let's yeah. do it, man. I'm ready. Let's go. Hey, yeah. man, for, for like the, the two or three people that don't know you out there, please tell them something else that I haven't already told them about you, my brother. Man, you know what? I'm, uh, I've am been married now. Would it be 15? It'll be 16 years in August. So about 15 and a half years I've been married. Got married young. My daughter is uh, 11. She tested to the top 2% of students in the country. Um, got another daughter that we adopted. Um, I'm just, you know, this, I tell you this entrepreneurship saved my life. Mm. And so, um, man, I'm thankful and grateful and everything I do entrepreneur related. Cause it's literally, uh, uh like religion to me, mm. um, in entrepreneurship, because if it wasn't for entrepreneurship, I don't know what, where I would be and what I would be doing right now. So, so I'm like, thankful for, for entrepreneurship. What about entrepreneurship saved your life, though? Man, all right. So here's what a lot of people don't know, right? What up? I don't have no college degree. I don't have any higher education, anything. Um, most of my life, I was struggling trying to figure it out. I was, you know, the, the, the long story short, I've been through evictions, repos, multiple cars repo, lights out, gas out. Like, I was so poor at one point that... We had a house, but I had lost my job. And um, me and my wife used to have to sneak to the YMCA right before they closed at night to take a shower because we mm. didn't have no way to, to just to stay clean. Like, so when I say we were so poor, like we was there and mm -hmm. literally I got fired from probably over 25 jobs. As I wrote my book and I started and I was going back over, I was like, man, I've been fired from at least 25 jobs, I can recall. And 
the universe kept sending me the same message. It was like, bro, you got to be your own boss. Bro, you got to be your own boss. Bro, you got to be your own boss. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't in tune enough with the universe to understand the message that was being sent. Yeah. And the more I got in tune with the idea of being my own boss, not that struggles eased up right away, but the more I felt in alignment with my purpose, and the more I felt in alignment with my purpose, then of course, the more money we started to make and the more things turned around. So literally, entrepreneurship was the thing that saved my life because I don't know what I would be doing right now if I wouldn't have figured out and got that message. Yo, so you got the message. What, what, how did you go in the tune with the universe? What got you there? So long story short, um, after all these jobs that I'm being fired from, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the wife not <coughs> wife not happy at all. She like, mm-hmm. yo, you got to figure this out, right? <laughs> so I meet this brother. I'm out doing security for my minister, right? And I meet this brother and his brother, he's like, yo, I, I got these products and you can come check these products out. Mm-hmm. And we're like, all right, cool. I'll come check them out. So I asked my minister and he's like, no, nah. he's like, you go check it out, which was actually ended up being my blessing. He didn't want it. He wasn't interested. So I go yeah. check it out. The brother's making natural cosmetics. I, it never even crossed my mind that I could even do so myself by hand and sell them. So I meet the brother. We start building a relationship. I bring my wife in. My wife has this idea to create liquid black soap. She's like, oh, nobody's doing it. We create this product. It'd be killer. So we start making products. We, we end up growing our product line. Long story short, we end up um, growing this product line and um, meeting with Walmart and all this kind of crazy stuff. And mm-hmm. then... From the product line, we were able to grow that into our own beauty supply store. Then from the beauty supply store, of course, we were able to grow into our school. And um, now I'm actually about to sell the beauty supply store, right? Because I don't, I don't have time to manage it. Ow. And uh, <laughs> it's a great thing, right? But like literally that evolution of like finding this one little thing and then saying, okay, well, how can we take it to another level? How can we take it to another level? How can we take it to another level? And at every level every level that we've been able to elevate in business higher and higher to now we're at this point now where it's like dreamy, mm. you know, mm-hmm. meeting people that you want to meet dope podcasts like this one, um, going play, like we got invited, our school got invited to Tulsa, Oklahoma to be featured. They featured us as the darlings of black wall street as the future of entrepreneurship in the country for the hundred centennial of uh, black wall street last year. So yeah. like that type of stuff, I never dreamed it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I never right. dreamed it. But what clicked though? Like you tell you saying like there was this problem, but like what clicked and just was like boom, okay then, okay then we got this product and we then we're gonna flip it and then flip it and then flip it and then make it bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, but like somebody out there is like probably down in the dumps, was probably in a situation where you were when you're on that 25th, right? Right. And they're like, man, I'm looking for something. And then an opportunity may come their way. What's that mindset that you with that you had that was just like boom, this is it. And then also not just that, but you got you you helped your wife be- believe in it too. Like what was it, right? You know what? It's hard to pinpoint. I can tell you that one thing is that about me and my wife is consistency, right? Mm-hmm. If you have the idea and if you believe in the idea and you can see it, you can make it happen. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, mm-hmm. that whole idea, Napoleon Hill said, you know, if you conceive it and you believe it, you can achieve it. Yeah. So that was the but nobody. I wasn't for me. I had never heard of like, no, there was nobody in our neighborhood teaching entrepreneurship or anything business related. There was mm-hmm. nobody giving any different things. So literally I was going off of the strength of 
if we do this, then maybe we'll, you know, just I was looking for little things. Yeah. Right? The yeah. Tiny little things. And so it's like, here's, I'm gonna give you a, I'm gonna give you an example. We created this liquid black soap. It's a mm -hmm. terrible product when we first created it. Terrible. Right. It was terrible in the sense that it was liquid, but we didn't know how to make it the viscosity thick. So it was like pouring water into a rag or something. Right. <laughs> but here's what kept us going. I mean, we made the product, we created labels for it, we bottled it up, we packaged it, had it ready to go. I give it to one of my friends. He had, um, so, uh, what's it called, psoriasis for like the last 10 years, like bad, and mm -hmm. nothing's worked. He used steroids, he used all type of products, nothing worked for his skin. He bought our soap, he bought two bottles. Um, two days later, he came back and he was like, just in case y'all go out of business, and bought like 50 bottles from us, right? That was a sign. I was like, yo, yo, and it wasn't even a good product at that time. It was just like, <laughs> but like those type of instances kept us to move on. Like, you know what? We're on to something. Mm -hmm. I don't know what yet, but we're on to something. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm like, he bought 50. So yeah. we started marketing it as a product that could like help to help treat dermatology issues. Yeah. Then we got a natural doctor in our city who got our product and began to prescribe it to her patients for, um, for dermatology issues. Mm -hmm. So like every, Every little thing yeah. gave us more confidence to move forward and do something bigger and bigger and bigger until at a certain point, we was like, man, what if we can, oh, we were trying to get our product in stores and we had something happen with Walmart where the eight Walmarts in our city uh, or in our region, they wanted to get our product in the store, mm -hmm. but I didn't like the deal yeah. that they were offering and the business partner I had at the time, we didn't know at that time, had some green eyes. So long story short, um, we was like, all right, well, if we're not going to do Walmart, how about how can we get our product into stores the way we want it to be where we can still make a decent profit? So it was like, well, why don't we just start our own store? You know, yeah. and even that was there were so many lessons to get. It's not like we had the money to do it, mm -hmm. you know, so we like, all right, how much is it cost for a store? How much? Whatever. So we ended up spending 15,000 for um, BSI out of Atlanta. Then we had to put up like another 30,000. But the thing was, in that, I learned how to attract investors when you have nothing. Ooh. Right? Right. Like, how do, how do I get somebody to invest in me? And the only thing I have to give them is the idea. I, I got the proof of concept. Yeah. And I have numbers to, to show it, but I can't, I don't have any large scale proof of concept to show that I can be successful doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But the people that were watching us was like, hey, we've never seen a couple that's as consistent with the work that you all are, are and that's right. how we ended up getting the investor to invest in us in the first place. And so then, so then we had the store uh, for the first time, now we're in, <coughs> we're in national news and I, we had never been in national news before. Cause when our beauty supply store opened up, I got phone calls from California, from my people in Cali, like we seen you on the news, whatever. Cause it's a rarity for black beauty supply stores to open up. Mm -hmm. So, um, that, you know, th those were each step, small steps that were, taking us someplace and we didn't know we just going along for the journey mm -hmm. we just going along for the journey we're like yeah. listen this is the end goal that we want mm -hmm. i don't know the exact path to get there but the path to get there doesn't matter mm -hmm. we just need to know that that's where we're going yeah the GPS on, and follow the gps until we arrive <laughs> i know, know that's so. right i know that's right hell hey so Yo, you talk about thinking grow rich. That's literally the story of Hershey. You know, the guy that is like, hey, yes. <laughs> right? Here's the pot. Here's the recipe. Go out. Hey, and now he, he Hershey, Pennsylvania, right? <laughs> right. You never thought of that? Never. It didn't even cross my mind. Because look, at that time, I didn't read Thinking Grow Rich. I didn't read Thinking Grow Rich for the first time until 
maybe maybe one or two years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And once I got right. once I got Think and Grow Rich, Think and Grow Rich changed my life. Mm. I was like, man, if I would have had if somebody would have just introduced me to the book. Yeah. Life could have been so much differently. But <laughs> in, in like a two year time period, I went from like because I've always been an avid reader. Mm-hmm. But I read stuff that was more along the lines of like maybe religious or spiritual stuff, whatever. Yeah. But once started getting into thick and grow rich, how to win friends and influence people, rich dad, poor dad, you know, mm-hmm. richest man in Babylon. I'm like, yo, yeah. it's, it's jewels out here. Like, <laughs> why am I moving so slow? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, started making it happen. Hey, the, the most impressive part about the that whole story is the actions that you were taking, right? Mm. So you took action. Like you, as obviously, look, the pastor didn't take action, right? You found a recipe, you got the recipe, and you were like, This is something. Let's bottle this up. Let's make you took action. And then yeah. you took action at the next level and took action at the next level. Oh, I need investors. Take action on the next and the next. And then boom, like all of a sudden you're on TV. I'm on TV, <laughs> mama. Right? Like, <laughs> oh, that's cold. Big facts. <laughs> that's cold, Big man. Facts. Hey, so like, you also talk about that you align yourself with your purpose. So what is your purpose and what is that alignment? What did that alignment look like? Mm, so I realized that my whole life, like I, I sacrificed my whole life from like my twenties into my early thirties. And even up until this point now, like I've always done, I've always been like a huge activist type of uh, person. So whether it's, you know, going into the projects and feeding the people and like, um, I, I adopted a neighborhood. So when I first moved to the city, I asked, you know, who was the worst? Uh, what's the worst neighborhood in the city? They told me I adopted it as my neighborhood. I literally went door to door, met every single person who lived there, found out what the problems were, found out what the people wanted, found out how I could be of, of service. And so I did this so many times in the city because I'm not even from the city where I'm in. Mm-hmm. I did this so many times in so many neighborhoods that to this day, if you mention my name and people was like, whoa. Like it's real protection there because <laughs> I helped so many people. Yeah. But I came to this point where I realized I was like, man, I've helped a lot of people, mm-hmm. but I don't have a lot to show for it. And something wasn't adding up for me. I said, if I help individuals, if mm-hmm. I help people one at a time as an individual, that family can be thankful. I said, mm-hmm. but if I don't create a system, when I die, all the help that I'm trying to give people, it dies with me. Mm-hmm. If I create a system that helps people, the systems that I'm creating can, can outlive me. Mm-hmm. Those systems that I create, they can live on. Even if I'm dead for a hundred years, those systems can still help people. Yeah. So it's the difference between being a flashing star and a star that we look into the sky and we think the star is there, but that light really is from hundreds of millions of years ago and it's not even there anymore. Yo. So that's what, when I got to my purpose, I was like, okay, I'm in my purpose helping people. Mm-hmm but I need to help on a bigger scale. Like right now, the individualized helping is good. Those families are appreciative. Like my mm-hmm. name is gold in my city, Yeah. but I said my name can be gold in every city if I create a system that's implementable in any city, any city where you find these conditions, poor education, you know, poverty, uh, um, broken families, any, anywhere where you find us having a, a legacy of, you know, poverty, no generational wealth, all these types of things. So what if I create a system that will allow us to take any people that you put into the system and they'll start learning how to create generational wealth. And mm. so that in my mind was like, yo, let's let's rock and roll with this. And my and my wife, I say this because she's the key fat, she's the key, the queen is the mm. piece on the board, right? Mm. Napoleon Hill said that 
the husband wife um, mastermind alliance is the most important or the strongest alliance you can have in that as a husband wife mastermind, you two together can do more in one year than each of you could do individually over seven years. So, so the wife, we got to lock in and grow. We yeah. got to lock in and grow. And yeah. that's kind of the path we've been on, you know, ever since. Oh, man. Hey, Brad, that's true. I mean, I don't want her walking into the room right now and ask what you're doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Hey, I, hey I, for reference, hey, that's an inside joke. Hey, when I first met the brother, his wife literally walked into the room, be like, "Hey, what you doing?" He's like, "I'm on, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about a podcast right now." Right, right, right. <laughs> hey, that's outstanding. Like, all right, so man, there's so much, Doc, bro. I just so much I want to talk to you about, um, as far as the system and how you created that. But we got to get to the school. Like, that's what, like, it's inspiring so many people. Tell us about Kikifer Entrepreneurial Academy, please, dog. Tell us all. Absolutely. So the way Kikifers came about, (coughs) excuse me, the way Mm -hmm. Kikifers came about, Mm -hmm. um, long story short, because I could give you the long versions, right? But for podcasts, shorter versions. (laughs) Above our beauty supply store, we had this open space. And we weren't making money in the open space. We're like, man, we only rent it out on like Fridays and Saturdays. Mm-hmm. So we were looking for a way we could make money Monday through Friday in the daytime. Our first thought was a school because it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Then we looked at the cost of running a school and we was like, that don't make sense. <laughs> so we just never even attempted anything. We like, yo, it costs way too much to run a school. Mm-hmm. Well, a few months down the road, we actually um, ran into this lady who had a school, but she only had one student. So we're like, well, how do you have a school when you only got one student? And she was like, well, after this student graduates, I'm closing my school down. So I stopped taking new students. And so we began to talk to her about how her school operated. And once we started talking to her, she kind of gave us this idea of how we could have a school with no teachers. So I'm like, yo, we can run a school with no teachers because payroll is your biggest expense. If we don't have to worry about payroll and if me and my wife are just the only teachers that's there, yeah. then... We were in, right? Yeah. Start looking at, okay, so now we're like, okay, we're going to get this individualized, customized um, education or curriculum that we don't have to necessarily have teachers. And if the students can read, they can lead. So they don't have to, they don't have to, um, uh, 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 we don't have to set up lesson plans every day. Literally, the students will come in, set their goals and work out of their education on their own. And if they need help, we'll help them. But other than that, they're going to be on their own to do their own thing in a controlled mm-hmm. environment. So mm-hmm. we said, okay, that sounds good. There's not a lot of schools doing that. Maybe like a Montessori or other schools have something similar. So we wanted our school to stand out completely. Yeah. So what else can we offer? So I said, well, you know, we're big into entrepreneurship. We're both business coaches. I said, let's add entrepreneurship in and teach the children how to start businesses. You know, what's an LLC? How to teach them the ins and outs of business, right? Yeah. And, and then, so then my wife, who's big on authorship, because we also have our own publishing company, she's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, let's also make each child a published author. So now every child who comes to the school has to start a small business that Mm -hmm. generates revenue and they have to publish a minimum of one book a year. And Mm -hmm. then from there, that same idea of consistency and taking action upon action upon action, it grew. So we got this guy to come to our school who's a millionaire. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, I've never met no millionaires before. This is like my first millionaire that I met, but he Mm -hmm. didn't really look like us. So I was like, yo, this is pretty dope. And we wanted to do some different things, but COVID hit. Mm. And COVID was such a blessing because when COVID hit, 
it forced us to kind of change up how our school was structured. Mm-hmm. And we began attracting students from all across the country. So we had students from Atlanta, students from Detroit, students from Houston, students from Dallas, students from New York. So yeah. we started attracting students from all across the country. Mm-hmm. And what ended up happening is we, uh, we got a co-sign from A. Donahue Baker, which changed the game for me because <laughs> they like, I never knew a millionaire on that level, like not like, oh, five million, seven million, like A. Donahue Baker is up there, up there. Yeah. So when, when he gave us the cosign, I'm gonna tell you this, this was crazy about it. When I met A. Donahue Baker, he gave us a call, right? In the middle of this call, <laughs> he's on the line. He's like, hold on, I got a call coming in. I'm like, all right. Like 15 seconds later, he clicks back over. He was like, oh, Spike Lee was giving me a call. Don't worry about it. I told him I was on the phone with Tika first. I was like, what? That was crazy. <laughs> I was like going crazy. My wife was on there and like we chopped it up with A. Donahue Baker for like an hour. Yeah. And that was like an introduction. And, and from there, like the confidence, like mm-hmm. I was like, yo, wait a second. This thing is bigger than what I'm seeing it. Like, what if we start? Okay. What if we have our children give them a challenge? Like, okay, which one of y'all can make a thousand dollars? Right. Because before it was just like, there was no financial goals attached to it with the numbers. It's not always about the money, but those financial goals let you know that what you're teaching is being understood. Yeah. Right. Children can now generate revenue. Mm-hmm. So the more involved we got with, with bigger name people, yeah. all of a sudden the program just began growing like wildfire, like out of nowhere. So to this, so now <clears throat> um, from A. Donahue Baker, now I've met like, there's probably these 50 millionaires in my Rolodex right. that support what the school does, what we're doing, what we're about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we was talking before I told you, it got me to Atlanta to the Social Proof Alumni Dinner, um, where I got to meet everybody and their mama and their <laughs> boss. What? You, you got a school that does what? We got to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that like the school portion, just as the blessings grew on one side, mm-hmm. like the humbleness on the other side grew along with it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it's like, because it's bigger than, at this point, it's bigger than me and my wife's thing. Yeah. Now, like, how do we put this system that's teaching children not only to create businesses, but to create generational wealth? Mm-hmm. How do we take this system now and implement it in different cities across the world? So wherever we have gang violence and drugs and domestic abuse and all these types of things, part of why we do that is because we don't have access to resources. Mm-hmm. But what if you become your own resource? You become your own resource and now you use resourcefulness now you don't have to sell dope because you could sell dope and get that fast money and you know how that's going to end or build this business up, give it two to three years. Yeah. And in three years, you can be at seven figures. Oof. The average time to become a millionaire is three years. So if you can give us three years of putting you through this system yeah. and apply what you're getting, can you become a millionaire in three years? It's up to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that system is what that system is. The, is the crux of like where the school is at now. So now, you got children doing all these different things. We're um, looking to open um, next year. We'll be open in Atlanta and Houston, possibly potentially St. Louis. Uh, we're also looking to, we have this, look, I'm only saying this on this podcast. I haven't said this publicly nowhere else. We're looking to um, not even we're looking, we already started the process for franchising the school. So now people can buy into the system because organizations have already called us and asked. So now we're franchising the school. So now we can have systems running everywhere and we can just manage it. And I don't have to necessarily be on the ground level. No. Now I can teach and train and still stay within my purpose of helping people, but now I'm helping people systematically instead of just individually. Yo, yo, hey, Kamaru Uzman said it best. This guy is a problem. Hey, <laughs> this guy, oh my God. Yo, you are about, you've changed 
the game. Like literally, you've taken the game, the old game, <laughs> threw that thing across the room, and now you're like, this is how we plan from now on. Got to. Oh, you got to. Got Congratulations. To. And and the the ascension is so beautiful from a, an idea of a hair product to like a, 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 an amazing business that not even a hair product anymore, but like dermatology and then to a store, to a school, to now like a franchise dog. Like, I mean, not even but like before that, a public servant that looked in the system. So systems was something that you always look to have to make sure that you scale your blessing. Yo, yo, that is humongous. Humongous. Thank you. How? Bro, it has to feel like the favor that you have, dog. The favor. Man. Like, how, how do you feel to have that? Like, how is your relationship with the creator? I'm, Man, I'm, I'm sorry. Say, to, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to. No, it's, it's, that's a beautiful question. That's, that's, the, that's the question people don't ask why they don't get the, they don't get the juice. Yeah. Is, so for me, I had a, we had a couple instances that happened, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm in, I'm in the nation, right? Mm-hmm. So long story short, mm-hmm. um, this brother, this brother who is my, he's my secretary in our study group, but he is our treasurer for my, for my businesses, right? Mm-hmm. So he sends me this message. He's like, yo, I got this important message for you. I need you to hear it. So he tells me, and he's like, yo, make sure your insurance is right. So and this, let me give you a time period. The time period is right when me and my wife are, are getting ready to open up the beauty supply store. So mm-hmm. we're like doing construction, like my contractors are pulling up the floor, they're laying the floor down. So he gives me this cryptic message. You gotta, he's like, you gotta uh, make sure your insurance is right. And I'm like, okay, All right? And he's like, yo, this is where the source it came from. I need you to listen to these instructions. Like, I was like, yo, who's the brother that gave you those instructions? He's like, I don't even know him. He's in New York. He said, but he's, he woke up, called me and said the instructions were for you. So, and this is like, I'm a huge person on universe and signs, right? Yes. Like universe. So I'm like, all right. So me and my wife were going through this process with BSI and Professor Devin. Shout out Professor Devin and the ATL. <laughs> yeah. um, we're going through this process. And to speed up the process, they tell us that we can come pick this stuff up for ourselves with a store. So, um, so, so um, we do that and we got to get this U-Haul. Now, mind you, because we're coming out of poverty, right? At that time, we still, we still in poverty. It looks like we got something, but we don't. right so i tell my wife she asked me she said should i get insurance on the truck and normally you know i'd like just get it whatever and we'll go without the insurance because we can't afford the extra but something done like it clicked to me the story that the brother told me like make sure you got the insurance so i'm like no get the insurance she's like oh if we get it such such you know we can't do this and i'm like just get the insurance right right and so i i remind her of what the brother said so we get the insurance fast forward to the end of this story I'm sitting in front of my store after we got the stuff up and I'm waiting. My wife is gone. The police roll up. The police are like, hey, um, do you have you? Are you guys do you have a U-Haul truck? I'm like, yeah, you guys are moving stuff to like, yeah, they're like, all right, well, we have the U-Haul truck on a hit and run. And we're looking for the driver of the truck because they're they're about to be arrested. And I'm like, oh, that's my wife. I'm like, hold on. Wait, like, what's going on? Right. So my wife pulls me. I call my wife like, yo, the police are here. They say they're going to arrest you, whatever. We just need to come back to the store. Yeah. Comes back to the store. Um, come back to the store. She's talking to the police. The, she's like, "What happened?" The police are like, "Well, the gas station is saying that you hit, you know, the metal poles that's like outside the gas, and then mm. you didn't stop. You just took off." Mm-hmm. So my wife was like, "Well, if I did, 
I didn't even notice it because I'm not used to driving a truck this big. It was an yeah. accident. It was going to be hit and run. So the cop was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to let you settle it in court, right? We, she takes it to court, <coughs> like maybe a month later. Yeah. Gets to court. And long story short, they end up having to drop all the charges, right? Number one, because we had insurance, everything was already covered, right? If we didn't have that insurance, they said we would have been like $50,000 in debt. But because we had the insurance on the truck, they said that, um, one, there was no out-of-pocket cost for anything. And then number two, like there was all these other parts of the story that like there was nobody that actually saw her driving. So there was no witnesses. And you got to be able to prove beyond reasonable doubt. Right. So they ended up dropping the case totally. And we didn't have to come out of pocket for anything. And that literally, that $50,000 would have tanked our business before we started. Boom. So when, I, when you talk about blessings, we have about 10 of those type of stories that let me know, like, whatever we're doing, stay on that path. Like, right. I don't care what is in that path. Like, thank God every day. Yes. I don't, if Allah, Buddha, Jesus, Krishna, Muhammad, <laughs> whatever you believe in, thank him every day. Yes. Gratitude journal where you write down what you're grateful for, at least three things every day, and take a moment to meditate and just thank God that, you know, wherever you're at in life, that you, that you have that blessing because it can always be worse no matter where you're at. Real and time. that, for me, the spirituality that comes with doing entrepreneurship, like, my personal beliefs start to intermingle with my entrepreneurship. Like mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm never, I'm not the type of business person that's going to do somebody dirty because mm -hmm. I don't believe in that personally. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like my moral character that comes from having a strong religious belief won't allow me to steal from my brother. Or if I'm, if we're going to do a deal, I'm going to let you know, this is the, the actual deal. This is what you're signing up for. This is how everything's going to play out because I want you to know. And I want you to feel comfortable with me because if it goes south, I don't want you to say, well, he didn't, you know, X, Y, and Z, he did me dirty. No, right. this contract says, this is what we said, this is what we agreed to. And so, you know, that spiritual part, it plays a huge role in how we do business. So. Bruh, you are like blessed, like a freaking Solomon, like King Solomon <laughs> over here, Doug. Like this, oh my gosh, congratulations. Oh, congratulations. I feel so fortunate to be able to be in the presence of greatness and also be able to serve because uh, here on the drop your baggage podcast we talk to people that are dope that can bring you hope and also show you a technique that can help you cope now i'm going to talk to the audience real quick now that technique is a neuro-linguistic programming technique called mental and emotional release now if you're at home uh please don't try this at home by yourself uh go ahead and hit me up or hit up any uh any um, practitioner of neurolinguistic programming, you can always hit me up at charleswolfwork.com. I have a form on my homepage. I would love to, I would love to meet you. Um, now with you, sir, uh, I am not a, a psychologist or psychiatrist or therapist or counselor, social worker. I am an alternate to all of those beautiful things to help someone with their mindset. Bruh, today you have had so much abundance and now we are going to be talking about this limiting belief that I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. And, and it's like, it's one of those places where you can't see it. You know what I mean? Cause there's right, all these different right. elements that you have in your mindset that kind of hide it. So can you please tell us about your mindset and what you've been going through? Absolutely. And I'm a, I'm a pinpoint what we talked about prior. Cause I think that was a, for me, the beauty of it was that was my first time being able to see it. Like, wow. <laughs> I didn't, you know, that's the reason in business you get people to look at your, to look at your business for you because mm -hmm. they can see it with eyes that you can't see. Mm -hmm. So perfect example. So story I told you before, right? So A. Donahue Baker was my uh, uh, mentor coach, right? 
Time out. So for just give us a, a like two sentences, two or three sentences about who a Donahue Baker is for those who don't know. Okay, so if you don't know, he owns something called Money App Bank. Um, Money App Bank is a national, is a black national fintech bank. He's also a professor at a university, and he owns, I want to say, 594 doors. And he's, he's a millionaire maker. That's what they call him. If you go to his website and look up A. Donahue Baker, he's a millionaire maker. So he takes business people, shows them how to become millionaires. That's what that's the thing. He's a millionaire maker. And I want to say he's helped over 131 people become millionaires thus far. So <laughs> shout out A. Donahue Baker. That's hey, shout story. out to A. Donahue Baker for real. All so, right. So please. All right. Uh, please continue. I bet, bet, bet. So, um, so A. Donahue Baker, I told him that <coughs> I told him that one of my uh, goals that I wanted to manifest for the year was meeting David Shands. I was like, I either want to be on Social Proof. I at least want to meet that brother. Like that brother's so cold. And I had just got put on to him. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, 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 what am I? Oh, yeah. OK, so I want to meet David Shands. So I'm talking to A. Donahue Baker. And he's like, oh, that's my man. He's like, I introduce you. I was like, what you mean? He was like, yo. Fly out to Atlanta in a few days. He's like, it's this event going on, and uh, I bring you in. You be my plus one. He's like, it's VIP only. It's all white. Make sure you show up, and uh, I got you. So I'm like, what? Like, because I literally just said it, and within seconds of saying it, boom. He's like, it's done. Yeah. So I'm like, yo. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm on a hundred. I'm like, all right. I'm a. I gotta go. Like, there is no other option. I gotta figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, book the flight, get there, and it was hectic getting there. I got there like midnight. My hotel ran out of rooms. Even though I had reserved the room for two weeks, they was like, we, don't, we sold your room. And I'm walking through, I'm a, I had a cheap hotel in College Park, I'm walking through College Park with bags on me while all the D-boys is out, while the police are stopping everybody. I'm like, boy, I really, I really must want this. <laughs> <laughs> so long story short, next day comes around, it's time for the event. I'm geeked. I'm calling him on the phone like, yo, yo, where you at, where you at? And uh, the hurricane had just hit, so he couldn't get, he couldn't arrive in Atlanta the day he was supposed to because he was in Jersey still, and uh, they shut the whole airport down due to the hurricane. So he's like, yo, with the Jersey accent though, yo, I'm gonna be there, but I'll be there like, you know, it's gonna be late because they just, they're just letting us fly. So I'm like, I bet. Well, I'm, I told him, I'm showing up regardless. Like, I'm, I'm in Atlanta, I'm here. Like, I done, put, I done went through all this, I'm here. Yeah. I get to the event, and <laughs> when I first get there, I see um, him 500. He got all his guys with him. Everybody's in all white. Mm-hmm. And I'm, in, I'm in all white. So I'm like looking around and he's like, yo, you here for the, what up fam? So I'm like dapping up him 500. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. <laughs> he's showing me the proper way to get to where I'm supposed to be at. I'm like, yeah. okay, what's going on? I get upstairs to the elevator. As soon as I get off the elevator, because <clears throat> it's a rooftop party mm-hmm. across the street from the Mercedes, uh, the Mercedes Benz um, stadium. I get to the rooftop. And uh, 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 like it's elegant, right? Mm-hmm. VIP only. And so if your name not on the list, you can't get in. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I know I'm the plus one, A.W. Baker. Boom, they let me in. I go walk through. It's so elegant. Ah. It's, it, and this ain't even the, this is just like the, the entry. Mm-hmm. It's not even the actual thing. I go look over the banner. The place where we're all eating at, everything is real gold. So I'm like, yo, what is going on? So I go to, I go to, I'm moving like through and I look over the, uh, the stairs. I see everybody and they all white. And it's like, this is millionaire galore. Like mm-hmm. everybody is talking business, yeah. money, kicking it. And at that point I felt super intimidated. Mm. Like it was, it, it, it was one of those things where I was like, 
all right, you know, you know how it is nowadays, like when the children, when children be in a, in a situation they, and they real nervous about something, they pull out the phone. Mm-hmm. So I pulled out my phone. Let me call my guy. Let him know I'm here. Right. <laughs> Just trying to find something. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm calling. Nobody answering their phone. I'm like, dang. <laughs> now I don't have to make a move sooner or later. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, all right. But I'm like super nervous because mm-hmm. these people in this room is like the room I'm trying to be in. Mm-hmm. Like these are the millionaires that I've seen on like social proof. These are these are all the people that I want that like, if I can meet these people, these people can change my life. Mm-hmm. And for me, I didn't, the reason I was so nervous and so, uh, what's the word, intimidated, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm thinking to myself like, man, these people have made millions of dollars. These people have, are running these huge successful operations. They're doing all these things. And I just got this school, right? And even though the school is what got me there, right? But in my, it's hard, like it's, it's hard to conceptualize. So I'm like, all right, after like, I, it probably took me 10 minutes to build up the courage to actually come down the stairs, right? Mm. So I'm like, all right, let me get this spiral stairs coming down. I'm like, yo, like I, I've never seen black people do this before. Mm-hmm. So for me, this is like culture shock. Cause I'm like, we're doing it. There's no fights. Mm-hmm. It's not hood. It's not like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's love everywhere. Yeah. Gods and goddesses everywhere. Man, I'm like, all I hear is yo, peace king. I'm like, yo, what yeah. is yeah. I come downstairs and da- as I come downstairs, David Shands is standing like right there. So Uh-oh. I'm like, I start asking myself, yo, do I, do I talk to him on my own? Do I wait for A. Donahue Baker to come with the cosign? Because this whole time I'm expecting A. Donahue Baker to be here introducing me to people. Mm-hmm. But he's not even, matter of fact, he could, the only reason he was able to get in is because I came early. Mm-hmm. Because they had shut the doors and locked them and they wasn't letting nobody back upstairs. I had to go downstairs and get them. <laughs> so it's crazy. I'm like, yo, so. They, uh, David Shans was there mm-hmm. and uh, I'm like nervous. I don't know what to do. I'm seeing all everybody that's ever been on social podcast, social proof podcast. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yo, what's going on? And his young brother, uh, Trey, um, shout out to Royal Trey Dion, who does uh, David Shans graphics. He's like, yo, what up, man? I'm like, yo, who's this dude? He's like, I'm 18. And he starts telling me the story about how he worked for, how he got the job working for David. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it went, went through my mind. I was like, this young 18 year old is not so nervous that he's not walking up introducing himself to people mm. and like networking like any other place I've been in life. I just go network naturally. It's like, but for some reason with all the, the glow, mm-hmm. like it's just, I'm not doing it. So mm-hmm. when the 18 year old did it, I'm like, yo, you're a fool, man. Like you got to get out there and do it. <laughs> so I start talk to him and I'm like, yo, if I can lock in with him, mm-hmm. who else can I lock in with? And so I start moving through the crowd, you know, getting a little bit more comfortable. And I'm like, yo, these are just people, right? And it's, it's one of those things that you forget because the, the, the aura is so like, because these are your heroes. These are people you look up to. And I'm yeah. like, yo, I'm actually here. Then yeah. I sit at the table. A. Donahue Baker finally shows up. I get him in. I'm sitting at the table. It's me, A. Donahue Baker, Skittles and Zoe from Atlanta, the one mm-hmm. got Cupcake Mafia and Airbnb King, mm-hmm. Lion of the Comedians here, Dr. Jacob, Marquell Russell. I'm like, yo. Like, oh, Ash Cash is there. Ash um, Cash. Everybody that I could imagine mm-hmm. is like chopping it up. And, and they, everybody's at my table and I'm listening to conversations. I'm asking questions, telling them what I do. Mm-hmm. And Markwell Russell was like, what do you do? So I'm like, I know this cat from somewhere, but I don't know where. Yeah. So I'm like, cool. I'm telling them about the school. And I'm like, yo, we're in the beginning stages. It's only our third year. I was like, but, you know, we'll have to bed. A. Donovan Baker co-signed it. So he was like, all right, bet. I was like, yo, so 
you want to be a guest speaker at my school? He was like, say less, I'll fly to you. So I was like, oh, for real? He's like, yeah, I fly. He's like, I like flying, it's cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, yo, these is like real, these like real cats. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So he's like, I fly out there to you, don't worry about it. We'll mm-hmm. set it up. Here's my number. So I get his number. I get I got a gang of people's number. I'm Tim 500, Dr. Jacob, everybody's number. So I'm plugging in with everybody. Mm-hmm. And um, then Markwell actually, he set the date. And we talked, you know what I'm saying? We started building a relationship and he mm-hmm. flew out to um, our school out here in Rockford. And that for me was life changing because I was like, yo, I've never met a boss <laughs> that can move around like that at will. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to fly to your city, check in with your people, do a little something, something, fly back the next day. I got I to gotta speak at another uh, event. Yeah. So I'm like, yo. So Marquel came, he mm-hmm. killed it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Social Proof had a uh, Social Proof had the um, conference. Uh, they had a conference in Atlanta like two weeks later. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Yo, I'm coming to Atlanta." Because Marquell was like, "Yo," after he seen the school for like 20 minutes, he was like, "Yo, I want to build this in Atlanta." I was like, "What you mean?" He's like, "No, no, I don't, I don't want to do it." He's like, "I want you to bring your school to Atlanta. Like, mm. let's start building schools everywhere." And I'm like, "Well, when he said that." <laughs> that's it yeah like if he sees the value in it and a donovan baker sees the value in it and yeah. there's another brother i didn't even mention antonio t smith who's junior he's a billionaire mm-hmm. in, in um houston who gave our school all kind of stuff he mm. i can't man that's a whole other story <laughs> shout out to so, antonio smith <laughs> oh man so i'm like okay i got a billionaire i got these high multi-millionaires and all these other people that are like locking in mm-hmm. so eventually I began to believe more, right? But that actual event, it caught me. I, mm. I can't even lie about it. That actual event caught me. That event, yeah. it shook. Because in my city, in my city, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, that's Brother Henry. That's the big dog. Right. right? But you're only the big dog until you're in a, a room full of big dogs. Then you're right. like, wait a second. These are like, I'm hearing Dr. Jacob. He's upset because they ran a play, he said, and they made $1.8 million or something like that in a day. Mm. Mm-hmm. He's like upset. He's frustrated. He's like, man, I can't believe it. We got to reorganize our systems. Like, it's all going bad, whatever. And I'm like, when you say 1.8, are you talking M's or what? He's like, no, nah, we normally do four to five on this one on a regular. So 1.8 mm-hmm. is terrible. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, and it dawned on me. Oh, Nehemiah Jackson is that our Davis? Like, oh, no, Nehemiah Davis. I mean, Nehemiah yeah. Davis is our. I'm like, yo, I don't. It's a new level for me. You know what I'm saying? It's a new level. Yeah. And, but but believing that you're worthy mm. to be at that new level, that's mm. a different ballgame. Mm. That's a different ballgame altogether. Also, also Marquell asked you a question about like success and the things. Can you do, can you dwell on that just for a second? Uh, what did he ask me? You told I him can't like, remember. You told him like you wanted the, the house and the this. He was like, what is it all? Why? Why? Oh, oh. Well, I was telling <laughs> telling him some of the stuff that I wanted to um to have. Mm-hmm. And he pointed out to me, he said, man, listen, he said, almost every person that's here, I'm their coach. Mm. I was like, huh? He was like, and I need you to understand that every person that you see here is not what they appear to be. Mm-hmm. He's like, a lot of people are false flagging. He's like, it looks good. He said, because you haven't seen money yet. Mm-hmm. He said, but trust me. He's like, stick with me. I got you. He's like, but trust me, everybody that say they are something is not what they appear to be. Mm-hmm. And that stuck with me because I was like, man, I'm sitting here intimidated. And I rightfully so, because mm-hmm. the aura that's given out, right, the presentation mm-hmm. that's like, for me, 
making it to social proof. I'm like, yo, that's a huge deal, right? Like David Shands is a great uh, 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 judge of character. So if you're on his show, you got to be doing something. But it, and and uh, uh, Marquel pointed something out to me too. David Shands at that alumni dinner, he said that he said that of everybody that's come on his show after they've come on his show, they've gone to become high six figure earners or seven figure earners after they came on his show. Mm-hmm. And it, the word after is a huge word because if it's after, it doesn't necessarily mean that they were there before the show and what the show did for their career and their the publicity took them to that level. Wow. So I'm looking at it like these people were made and mm-hmm. then he brought them to the show made. No, he like the mob boss. He's out here making folks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's making, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so... That, so- so, but like, also you and you and him had a conversation about like, you said, you know, I want these things. And he's like, well, and you really, and, and, and from what I remember, it was like, you realize that you want these things, but then after that, then what? After you get that thing, right. then oh, what? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yeah. That. I was telling him about, you know, the nice little things that you want, you know? Yeah, the yeah. Life. But he did ask that question of like, okay, so let's say you get the 12 bedroom mansion mm-hmm. when you got, you got 50 cars, mm-hmm. you got, you know, all these things from the journey that you rightfully earn. It's like, but now that you earn those things, then what? Cause if you're only driven by the money, if you're only driven by like the nice car, the nice house, if you're only driven by not wanting to be in poverty, it's a difference between being wanting to be wealthy mm-hmm. and just not wanting to be in poverty. Mm-hmm. Like you'll make $150,000 and be like, okay, I'll live a poverty lifestyle, but feel like I'm balling because I got 150,000. Mm-hmm. Like, so he said, when, when you get those things, what's your why gonna be? Like, what's gonna drive you to now create or now to impact more lives? And now you got the money. And so that stuck, that stuck with me because it's like, man, okay, I could do all these things, get the money, right? Mm-hmm. Get the mm-hmm. car, mm-hmm. get the house. I've been married 15 years, I got the girl, right? right? Like, Man, so for me, because I, I, <laughs> I told him the desire for money for me is because for so many years, I couldn't take care of my family. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so as a man feeling like, you know, it's my duty and obligation to be a maintainer, provider and protector mm-hmm. for my wife and for my family and not being able to do that because I couldn't figure it out mm-hmm. like that really messed me up. So I want to be able to do that. He's like, yeah, but. You might be able to do that with like 150,000. So if that's the only thing that's driving you and it, there's not a bigger picture in mind. So like go deeper with your why. Go deeper with your why. Go deeper with your why. Like why do you want to why do you want to have X, Y, and Z? When he said that, it made me sit back and be like, okay, you know what? I want the nice things, but my ultimate goal is I want to be able to create these systems. Yes. Because I want my impact to be. What's the legacy? Because no, your legacy, nobody talks about Steve, what car Steve Jobs drove. Nobody talks about how big the house Steve Jobs had. No. All we know is that Steve Jobs gave us Apple. We got iPhones. We got Macs. We mm-hmm. got tablets. We got iPods. We know that the legacy he left behind is what yes. nobody cares what type of clothes he had. Nobody cares about none of that. We mm-hmm. just know the legacy he left behind is still impacting us to this day. Yeah. So that kind of brought me back in focus with understanding why you do what you do. Why? So yeah, you can impact children's lives now, but what happens when you start selling franchises at a quarter million dollars, you sell four in a week. So you just made a million dollars in a week that you never had before. Mm -hmm. What's the next step? 
you know, so. Okay. Okay. So I just got some intel. So you, so like, which phrase in the back of your mind rings more? I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy? Mm, it may go with I'm not worthy. I want to say, I want to say I'm not worthy yeah. just because <coughs> certain things, um, certain things will, will, like I have this belief that, um, that the universe will, the universe will come to you, even if it's at the last second to save the day, mm. right? If it doesn't kill you, it's going to make you stronger, mm-hmm. right? Our beauty supply store got to a point where it was so bad, like we weren't getting customers and there's eight other beauty supply stores in our city. And competing with the Asians was hard mm-hmm. because they got access to stuff you don't got. They got money. They got resources. They got all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So we got to this point where I was like, man, they're going to shut our business down. They're gonna, we're going to get evicted. We don't have money. We're behind on taxes. All this type of stuff was happening. And I told my wife, I was like, man, just, just hold on and let's see if we keep praying what the universe does. So we came up one day and like we looked at the store and we're like, oh, man, we made like $450 today. Like This is a first. <laughs> like we ain't made this type of money in a minute mm-hmm. and like the next day it'd be like 625 and the next day it'd be like 800 next day it's like a thousand i'm like what's going on and all of a sudden we make money <laughs> then when the pandemic hit mm-hmm. the governor closed all the beauty supply stores in the city but me and my wife were smart enough and because my wife is such a good researcher mm-hmm. that she was able to find a way to maneuver our store so we could be the only store open in the city mm. so that first month i think we might have drove like sixty thousand dollars and it was enough yeah. to not only uh, replenish and flourish the store, catch up on all the bills, pay all the taxes, like everything happened the way it's supposed to happen, mm-hmm. staying consistent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, but not feeling worthy is like, it's like, man, you know, cer- there's certain things that I, I, I think that like, man, I could have, you know, I could have or do these certain things, but, um, but it's, it's that question that like pops in the back of your head. Like, man, do I deserve that? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Do I like what of what of value do I have to bring to the table? Mm-hmm. So, and it's almost from I don't know if it's how I was raised religiously, mm-hmm. right? So I'm mm-hmm. in the nation now, mm-hmm. but my father is a, a, a minister, he's a uh, a Baptist preacher, mm-hmm. and my mother is very zealous. But some of these things they used to say, this programming, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh no, give all glory to God. Well, yeah, you should give all glory to God, but that doesn't mean it can give you a blessing. Yeah, turn it down, right. And so like the, the thinking that goes into it, like, oh, I don't deserve this just because, That's you know it. what I mean? All glory should go to God. Well, all glory going to God, does that necessarily mean that I shouldn't have this car? Like mm. he gave me the brain and the mentality to think of the system that's generating the revenue to allow me to be able to buy this without um, hurting my family or without, you know, stealing, lying. It's nothing illegal, immoral, mm-hmm. unethical, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. unlawful. So if he gave me those things, then I'm multiplying my talents. And that for me, understand, like I didn't understand that story of mm-hmm. multiplying your talents. And that's, that's kind of, I think for me, part of where some of the struggle comes in at sometimes, right? Like, yeah. no, you're here to multiply those talents. Don't bury the talent, multiply it. So it's the thing, uh, you said, I don't deserve it. Or do I deserve this three times now? Mm. It's something that rings in your, the way that you speak. You see? Gotcha. So like that's the question then, because with with the the party with the social proof podcast party, you ask, "Am I worthy?" 
And then I thought, oh, from you having the fear of not meeting expectations and disappointing others, you realize I'm not good enough. But the question in your verbiage is, do I deserve it? Am I, mm. do I, I don't deserve it. Right, right, and right. Now with the with what you just said, because of the programming that you got uh, got from your uh, previous religious experiences, it's that's the question that, or that's the the phrase. Like I don't deserve it. It's all des- like God deserves it. God deserves right. the glory, all the glory. So that's the the thing that once you get rid of that, you see that all the abundance that you have accumulated, you deserve it all, and that re- really the abundance is in the impact that you're making. It's not about you not being des- deserving. You're deserving because of the mind that you have in the in the person that you are. You see, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it. I like. That's it. It is. So, the limiting belief specifically is I don't deserve it. All right. All right. I, I, let's be more specific. Um, I don't deserve. Is it? I don't deserve abundance. What is the, the like? Let's be specific. Is it? You know what I mean? Let's let let let's touch on that with abundance because abundance can cover a lot of different a lot of different things yes, right because abundance yes. is, so is it money is it cars is it the homes is love it like all different types of things mm-hmm. yeah. uh so is that what you think would be a, a good place to, to go is i don't deserve abundance yeah let's start there let's start there because I, I think another thing I, I i um i do i do the stuff like man i'll go told my wife man look at this mansion mm-hmm. you know i think i went and looked at like a uh maybe six 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 uh room mansion mm-hmm. i'm like yo we're gonna get this such mm-hmm. and such right and then um i looked up and i seen somebody bought it and i was like oh my stomach was like turned up but i didn't have the money for it it's a few million mm-hmm. i didn't have the money for it but in my head i already like you know what i'm gonna get this house and like it's on my vision board like this is where we're going yeah and so but then i was like man you know what the person who got it i'm like because I, I started feeling some, so I had to check myself. Like, mm-hmm. why do you feel like, man, is that person better than me? Like, what did that person do? Mm. What did that person do of impact and value that they're able to get that? Because I know the person personally, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo. So then it clicked to me, though. I was like, you know what, though? You, I don't know the trauma that they, I know their story. And I know yeah. it's, very, it's very traumatic. And I'm like, I don't know the amount of trauma this person went through to even get the money because they didn't earn it in business, right? Mm-hmm. They earned it from a way that I wouldn't want to earn money. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I don't know what type of trauma this person went through and why God said, now you deserve this because mm-hmm. you went through an extreme amount of trauma. Mm-hmm. So I had to check myself on it, but I caught myself like feeling some sort of way. And I was like, man, this, I'm really looking forward to this house. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Look, when I went to go look at the house, I was outside the house taking pictures mm-hmm. and it's been on sale on Zillow, so I'm figuring, mm-hmm. I'm figuring you know, it's, it's whatever. And I see like a light on, but I don't really pay attention to it. This little old white lady comes out the back like, excuse me, can I help you? And I was like, oh, I was taking pictures. I didn't know you guys still lived here. They said this house was for sale. She's like, oh, come inside and take a tour. So they don't even know me. Right. They invite me inside and she gives me a tour of the entire place. So I'm, I'm visualizing. Oh. I, can t- yeah. I can taste the food cooking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can <laughs> I see the pond in the backyard. Uh-huh. I'm like, I'm, I'm there. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, she let me record the entire thing. So I got mm-hmm. it on my phone. So I walked through like, yo, this is, this is going to be it. Like this, mm-hmm. this is what we come into. God's giving me all the signs. It's time. Yeah. And then when the thought house was bought, I was so sick. I'm like, oh my God. Like, and the crazy part is by the time I get the money, the house can be back for sale, anything. Mm-hmm. Like, so I really had to check myself because I was like, yo, you can't feel 
If you see God bless somebody, you yeah. can't feel that he shorted you because he's blessed somebody else. 100%. Their blessing has nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. Your blessings are for you and their blessings are for them. Mm -hmm. And I had to like check myself on it. And it was one of those processes where I was like, all right, you know, because I was feeling like, man, maybe I just don't deserve it. Right. Maybe I don't deserve the house. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Real so that's the process I had to check myself on. That happened. Really yeah. Yeah. That's that's deep that's that you see how deep it goes now the, from just Man. how you catch yourself and that mindset you know it's like and, and like why did your mindset go straight to that you know what i mean it's right. being grateful for the or being um happy for the dude let's go ahead let's get rid of that um let's get rid of that mindset so i'm going to take you through a process it's a systematic okay. guided meditation called mental and emotional release the three things that you need to do is number one you need to use your imagination but Number two, you need to uh, follow directions just like you follow a uh, recipe or Google Maps. Bet. And number three is to trust the process. Know that I'm your guide and I'll be leading you through this easily and effortlessly. And I come from a place of love and high vibrations. Let's do it. Uh, one more thing that you need to do is also you need to make sure that you communicate with every single person in each and every event. And I'll make sure that I uh, guide you through that properly. Gotcha. All right. So is it all right with your unconscious mind? For you to release this limiting belief that I don't deserve abundance today and for you to be aware of it consciously. Yes, sir. What is the root cause of this problem? The first event, which when disconnected, that will cause this problem to disappear. If you were to know, when was the first time that you felt as though I don't deserve abundance? Between the ages of like birth and seven. How old were you? Mm. Anything good or bad? Um. I just need a, a time where back in those days you felt like, dang, I don't deserve. I didn't do. I, I don't deserve this. Do I deserve this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Between ages like birth and seven, let's keep it around second, third grade. Okay. Let's go to. Mm, trying to think back. Now we can get older. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, let me think. Let me think. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I got an idea right around kindergarten. Okay. Right around. Uh, can you, would you mind like telling us a short, like a uh, synopsis of what happened? Absolutely. I remember coming home uh, excited to my mom, mm -hmm. but I, I was on this program because I was, I was not the best behaved child at school. And uh, I got five stars, right? Like they gave us these stars throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And I ended up getting five stars for like the first time. So I was like super excited and proud, ready mm -hmm. to bring it to mom. Like, yo, I got these five stars to show whatever. Mm -hmm. But I didn't necessarily feel like I had earned it. You know what I mean? Like I felt like I got away with stuff I didn't get caught for. Mm. So I still got the five stars. But mm -hmm. really, the process you're supposed to take to get it, I didn't necessarily follow through that process all the way through. So I, th I want to say that was kindergarten, I think. I think yeah. that was kindergarten. That's perfect. That's a really, that's a really good one um as you can obviously see it feel it you're, you got a, a deeper story within it so let's go ahead and go back to that one so with that this is a, a systematic guided meditation you can go ahead and close your eyes relax and let me know when you're ready for the process all right let's go eyes are closed okay awesome now um just stay right there now float above yourself now we're going to create that timeline now with that timeline your past can be to your left to your right or behind you now with your timeline where's your past Past is going to be to the left. Where's your future? Future is going to be in front of me. Perfect. Now, just imagine floating to the left and float deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above that first event in which you felt as though I don't deserve abundance. When you were just a little kid, and you got your five stars. 
and there with your mom and just hover above that event, seeing yourself from a third person point of view, like a fly on the wall. Let me know when you're there. I'm definitely there. Okay. Now just hover above that event. Don't move. Just see yourself from a third person point of view, like a fly on the wall and just ask your unconscious mind what it needs to learn from the event. The learning of which will allow you to let go of the emotions easily and effortlessly. Your unconscious mind can preserve the learnings so that if you need them in the future, they'll be there. Just tell your unconscious mind to preserve the learnings. This is an exercise of forgiveness and acceptance. Forgiveness for yourself and others and acceptance of yourself and others. Who do you have to forgive? What do you have to accept? Who do you have to accept? Now, be sure to communicate with everyone in that event. Communicate with yourself and your mother and anyone else that's in that event. And focus your attention upon how hurt people hurt people. We're all doing the best that we can with the resources and consciousness that we have. Once again, we're all doing the best that we can with the resources and consciousness that we have. We can't control anyone else's actions, but we can control our response. We can grow stronger and wiser and learn from other people's actions and mistakes. Other people's actions have nothing to do with you. It's only a reflection of their baggage and whatever they're going through at the time. And we're better people than we were when those events occurred. You're a better person than you were when those events occurred. What is something positive and empowering you can tell that little boy and your mom and everyone else involved in the event with the consciousness that you have today that will allow the emotions to evaporate like water on the concrete on a hot summer day? And as you preserve these learnings, the emotions are starting to dissipate more and more until they're all gone. Just let me know when they're all gone. Take your time. Don't rush. I got it. Awesome. Now, with you, uh, with your eyes closed, keep your eyes closed until I ask you to open them. And with you observing the event, tell me, what did you learn from the event? I learned from this event that I don't need other people's judgment or measurement of me to be great. The five stars is not what made me great. I was already great. Mm -hmm. But other people's judgment of me or what they thought my greatness should be mattered to me. Mm -hmm. I needed to realize that I was already great myself, Mm. regardless of what somebody else said. Yes, yes. Now, with you observing the event, let me know, what is something that you can take into the future with you to make you a better person? Definitely can take into the future the idea that thinking or considering other people's opinion about what God has given me Mm-hmm. is disrespectful to God. Mm. It's if he gave it, he knows better than me. Mm. And so to be accepting of the blessings that he gave, because just like when I was a kindergartner, I can't, I shouldn't measure myself by other people's standard, mm-hmm. by other people's five-star system. I should have my own five-star system that <laughs> I judge myself with based on what I know of what God wants from me. And so that I can implement today. Yes. Now, just imagine floating up above your timeline and float to the left and float deeper and deeper and deeper into the past above the dinosaurs during the prehistoric age. 
Let me know when you're above the dinosaurs. I'm above. I don't even know what's there right now. Some type <laughs> of prehistoric something. Awesome. Now, just imagine floating deeper and deeper and deeper into space to where space in the atmosphere connects. And imagine your timeline is the size of a fingernail. Let me know when you're there. I'm there. All right. Now, just imagine floating there in space, weightless. And ask yourself now, where are the emotions? Tell me, are they there or have they disappeared now? There's no emotion there right now. Awesome. It's just me in space. Awesome. Now, just imagine floating down inside the events, seeing through your own eyes as a little boy and check on the emotions. Tell me, are they there or have they disappeared now? Mm-hmm. The excitement is there, but the excitement is different now. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Now, just imagine floating back above the dinosaurs and into space to where space and the atmosphere connects. Let me know when you're there. I'm there. All right. Listen closely. Float very, very high above your timeline, above each and every event in which you felt as though I don't deserve abundance or when you had the question of do I deserve this? From birth until now, in in chronological order, don't skip one event that has a charge on it. Preserve the learnings and let go of that limiting belief that I don't deserve abundance all the way back to now. Go. I think I'm, I think I'm clearing. I think I'm clearing. All good. Yes, sir. Awesome. Flow down into your body and open your eyes when you're ready. Welcome back. Man. (laughs) Powerful, brother. (laughs) This is good stuff, right? That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you say that? Man, it was so many things I never considered Mm. that you know, it gets programmed and you just go about your day. And so many things that I, I in particular, there was one time period of my life that I was reflecting on that so many events were popping out. I was like, yo, I didn't, I never considered how this would be affecting me today. Mm. Right. And, you know, in short, me and my wife both were police officers and when we got hired, well, she was a police officer first, and that's another job I ended up getting fired for. <laughs> but uh, we were making so much money, mm-hmm. I thought, right? We're making more money than we had ever made as a couple. But I remember thinking, like, man, I don't, I don't know. If I one said I don't like the police. So why, why would I want to become a cop? This doesn't make no sense. Mm-hmm. But when I saw how much money you could make, I was like, okay. But I also felt like going through the process of like the police academy and doing all the different things, I always felt like I was the, the last pick, right? Like I wasn't worthy or I wasn't the person that deserved this opportunity because when I looked around me and I saw other people not making as much money, I'm like, okay, well, what makes me better than them that I'm making all this money that I'm living this type of lifestyle that I got Mercedes or I'm on my second Mercedes and all these different things. And then we went and got a house and I'm like, Yo, my mom, growing up, we never had a house. We only had an apartment. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, now we're getting a house, but I'm not better than my mom. You know what I mean? So now mm-hmm. I'm getting this house. And then I was, you know, and all these things are happening at the, around the same time. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, we went and got, um, I wanted to go into business for self. So I went and purchased a few thousand dollars worth of um, five gallon water b- bottles at the time. Uh, Larry Johnson from the Charlotte Hornets had this business. I was like, yo, that'd be dope. I'm going to run this business. And I sold some the first day and never sold <laughs> no more. Mm. But 
I'm thinking, was it because I was new to the city where I was at or was it just because I was like, yo, this would be too easy? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really deserve to be successful moving this like this because I'll make too much money, too easy with not a lot of work. Like, because I was told that you got to work hard to make money. Right. You know, I didn't know, understand what work smart meant. Nobody, mm-hmm. I never even heard the phrase before. Mm-hmm. So just going through, um, I also, I spent like $5,000 on designer clothes. Right. And because my one of my mentors, one of my big bros, he used to do like purse parties and things like that. He'd be killing. Mm-hmm. But he never taught me how I just saw him do it. So I wanted to duplicate it. But I never really made no money like he did. Mm-hmm. So I had a house full of like Louis Vuitton and Dolce and & Gabbana and all the different type of stuff. But I never really made money with it. But looking back on it, I was like, did I not make money because I didn't want to make money? Mm-hmm. Like, was it one of those type of things where I was like, no, nah, this is. This is too good to be true. Like I have a connect. I don't have to own a store and I have access to an entire store that I can sell. So there's all these different events. And especially that time period that played out where I was like, yo, I don't know if I deserve these things. Oof. You know what I mean? These right. things, these things are, are here, but eh, not for me. It's, yeah. it's, these are other people get, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was back at all these type of situations and I'm like, I was living and literally looking through somebody else's lens at me, uh, looking at myself through the lens that God, through God's lens, through God's eye, yeah, you know? Yeah. So that, that was, that's why I say it's powerful, brother. That, wow. I didn't even consider, I haven't even thought about those things mm-hmm. since they happened. And that was at least, what, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014. Wow. So we're talking seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years later. Mm-hmm. A dec- almost a decade of all that. Wow, that's deep. That's heavy. I, I, I hope I get an invite back to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely, definitely got to get an update. Hey, so uh, <laughs> you're awesome. <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, hey, so we got to check on it. All right. Um, so do you smell bacon? Oh, yeah. No, you don't, don't. Yeah, you don't. You don't eat bacon. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, if I do start bacon, I'm gonna get sick. I don't, <laughs> turkey bacon. I don't, I, hey, that's a that's a question that I asked in order to get your mind off the meditation. Uh, yeah. I, I, I didn't even think about it though. I should have said like <laughs> Brussels sprouts or something. Anyway, uh, um, can you remember a time in the past in which you used to? Can you remember a time in the past in which you used to feel that old emotion? And go back and notice if you could feel it, or you may find that you cannot. No, I, I got a new emotion. I went right back to that first day. Yeah. There's a new emotion there. <laughs> What's the emotion the, the, that's there now? The emotion that's there now is, uh, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Self, um, like self-worth or self-value of, yeah. like, I, I, I was really believing that this teacher who couldn't identify with me, mm-hmm. who didn't know my background, history, mm-hmm. whatever, even if I was only six, who doesn't really know me mm-hmm. that her idea of what a good day is for me mm-hmm. is defined by her five star chart. And what I was trying, what I, what I was saw for myself was like, no, you define your five star chart. So for me, the emotion now is like, okay, that was the derail, but this is how you get back on track. Yeah. So I don't know what the actual word is, but no, nah, like, like that was beautiful. That was perfect. Perfectly said. I mean, and just think, how proud that teacher would be of you if she learned that you are now 
like building schools around the around the nation. Cause, yeah. cause, um, <laughs> um, I want you to go out into the future to yeah. an, an unspecified time in the future in which if the same thing would have happened in the past, you'd have felt, you'd have felt like, do I deserve this? But it's the future now. So see if you mm. can find that old emotion or you may find that you cannot. Now, I'm going to tell you. Yo, yo. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Everybody out there, my man, I got to say a special thank you. You're getting over this, this like nasty, believe me, he's, he's COVID negative, by the way, but he's he's been, he's been like super sick for like the last like seven to 10 days. He's been, he's been, you know, like had this cough ever since I talked to him earlier today. So thank you again for being on the podcast with me, bro. Um, In the future, I see myself um, I see my wife having two vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she wants, she not, she's not fancy. She's easy mm-hmm. to please. Um, she wants GMC terrain. Like a, she wants a, every year she wants her GMC terrain updated. Yeah. And she wants like, a I don't know, something, a tracks or something like a Chevy tracks. <laughs> Me on the other hand, <laughs> I'm fancy. Yeah. <laughs> I see myself with, I want Porsche has, these trucks that are called that are Porsche black, which is a, a specific black. They only sell through Porsche. Ooh. It's not like the regular Porsche black. Mm-hmm. I need that truck. That <laughs> Porsche black. I see myself in the truck. <laughs> I also see the Bentley and I also see whatever the A to B car is, maybe mm-hmm. the Mercedes something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I deserve it. And part of deserving it and part of knowing it is because the impact, like mm-hmm. it, it, it almost reminded me of <coughs> what, um, I want to say back to Napoleon Hill, who clearly that's what I always <laughs> right? right back to Napoleon Hill, think and grow rich. Mm-hmm. He said that you, you, you only you'll never make more money than the amount of value or the proportion of value that you bring to the market. Right. Okay. So. So if I'm able to buy those things, it's because I've earned it by impacting lives on that type of level. And so that's a temporary reward mm-hmm. for an impact. And for building a legacy. So I definitely feel like looking into the future. Hell yeah. Congratulations. You are officially a baggage dropper. Hey. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yes. Oh. Hey, so so I, I meant to get to this before you started the process, but like where did you feel like when you were above that first event processing it, where did you feel the emotions and where like how did it feel when you released them? Where did you feel it in your body? Um, <clears throat> the first emotion, I kind of, I kind of felt a little bit angry mm-hmm. because I was like, I was like, yo, like, and it's not even purposely, I don't yeah. think the teacher purposely did it, but it's like, yo, she tried to define reality for me. Oof, and yeah. one of the things that I'm learning about is a God is a person who can create their own reality. Mm-hmm. So here, somebody was literally not in the religious sense, but robbing me of godhood. So it's like, how do you how do you mm-hmm. process that? So mm-hmm. I, there was a few emotions. So I was angry. There was a little bit of confusion. And then what happened is the way I was able to clear it, um, I, I was as I'm watching the emotion play over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm seeing I'm seeing me say to my mom that she'll be proud of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got my five stars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I had to I had to come to peace for a second. Like, wait a second. The only way she has power is if I give it to her. 
Boom. The Boom. only way she has power is if I give it to her. Mm-hmm. So for me, those first few emotions popped up, mm-hmm. but I was able to get rid of those quickly yeah. because the peace came when I was like, wait a second. You have those emotions because you're still giving her power. Mm-hmm. If you take back the power, then none of that matters. Boom. The only thing that matters is how you see you. And so for me, that that that's what started the process of like, wait a second. This, <laughs> I'm tripping. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Like, the so like did you um so like with you seeing that you were giving someone else that power you're like uh-uh i'm taking this back and absolutely. i define i define what the five stars are for and therefore absolutely. this kid was great not just that he deserved but he's great you feel me <laughs> i love it i love it Man. hey so like so like with uh, so what i was saying was within emotions they can get trapped inside the body have you ever heard that before yes sir <laughs> yeah 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 go ahead drink some water so the um so with the emotion getting trapped inside the body i want to know like where did you feel it? did you feel it in your head did you feel it in your chest and your stomach and like did you feel like when did you know that it was released you know what i mean mm-hmm. when when it first started, when I very when I first started, yeah, it was lower in the body. It was mm-hmm. lower in my body, right? Mm-hmm. As I started working through the process and looking at what was happening, by the time I got to peace, I felt like I was like high off marijuana, <laughs> like I just edibles or something, like yeah. mentally high. Like yeah. so, you said, you know, you know, fly above your body and look down, mm-hmm. right? And I felt like at that point. Like that's the point where I intersected with like the universe and like it's just peaceful. And so yes. it was like a rising thing. You know what I mean? Ooh. So by the time I got to the end, I literally in my mind, like I I was like, man, I wonder if he can see what I'm seeing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like it was it was definitely up. So I, I felt a high, a natural mm. high, you know. Mm. So beautiful. Like a transcendence out of that old yes. out of that just a transcendence of consciousness. You know, oh, my gosh, that's crazy, yo. Oh, my gosh. Um, You get you were very vocal throughout the the process. Just let her. mm, Wow. Like, what was (laughs) what were some of the revelations that that gave you that type of um, that type of reaction? Just looking back, a lot of those started coming (coughs) when I started looking at the time period of getting this house and like. Man, I'm like, we're getting all these things. Like, me mm. and my wife would just, like, you know what? Let's just go get a hotel. We just leave town. Like, we were making so much money that we was like, we were literally living off our Amex. Because mm. we would spend so much on the Amex because we knew we had it coming in. Mm-hmm. So that time period, and then going from that to losing that job, and then the, the other side of it, like, man, you know what? Like, okay, now that you lost, because for me, I was thinking to myself, <coughs> I remember saying to myself, you're <coughs> say you're never gonna um, make this type of money again without a degree. I remember saying that to myself. Like mm. the crazy part is looking back at it, I think I might have been making at that time maybe 28 an hour, 29 an hour, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling myself at, at that time, like you're never gonna make this type of money again. So losing this job, like this is it. This is the only thing, this is the only way you can do this because you don't have a college degree, you don't have mm-hmm. education, you're never gonna get that type of money again. But mm-hmm. now and so when I fast forwarded into the future, I'm like, well, what I what I made, you know, as on a year, I can do that in a day. Boom. So I'm like, 
that wasn't true. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like that's somebody else's standard. Yeah. You said for $29 an hour. That ain't what my hourly rate was that I personally said. <laughs> they said I was worth $28, $29 an hour. I'm like, nah. I, 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 and I had glimpses of it when I was going back and forth. Like when I first started doing coaching, I didn't know no better. So I charged like 25 an hour. Mm -hmm. And I'm having clients get these incredible results. And I'm like, yo, I'm not making enough money. <laughs> so then I started charging $50 an hour. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm not making enough money. This right. $50 an hour is too much. But mm -hmm. clients are getting incredible results. Mm -hmm. Okay, $100 an hour. I'm not making enough money. I'm like, all right, $250 an hour. All right, I'm not making enough money. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I begin to realize, like, you know what? They told you you were worth $29 an hour. You did that on your own mm -hmm. with no, you know, no assistance. You don't know nothing about a funnel, no email campaigns, <laughs> no nothing. You just did that off of the strength of I'm going to help business. I'm going to help business owners and entrepreneurs. Yeah. And so as that, as that level began to rise, I began to realize like, man, the universe was showing me something. Oof. But, you know, I'm one of those people, I guess the universe keeps showing me stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> the scales be there. <laughs> yeah. The universe is like, all right, fool, we're going to come back to you again. We're going to keep giving you this lesson until you get it. Because clearly you're not getting the lesson you're supposed to be getting. So we're going to keep giving it to you yeah. until you get it. Uh, so you were able to see those lessons a whole lot more clearly. Absolutely. Ooh. Absolutely. Ooh. And so, so, like, I just met with a sister that I knew who was actually one of my former um, clients. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, if you need, if you want to work with my system, I was like, it's, I typically charge 10000 for you, I know you personally, I'll knock off 4,000. If you pay it today, I'll knock another thousand off. Otherwise it's 6,000 set up the payment plan. She was like, cool. And it clicked for me. And I'm like, all this time, somebody else was defining my pay rate. Yeah. Cause I was trying to think like, well, what does the normal average person, you know, define the good hourly rate? But the yeah. thing is I'm not giving good hourly information. I'm showing you how to become a six figure <laughs> earner, right? Yo. I'm building your business up. So how much would you pay? How much would I pay to get my business built up? And mm -hmm. I look back and I'm like, I've paid over $30,000 for coaches. So mm -hmm. if I'm willing to pay it, if you're not willing to pay, it, probably not the client for me. Boom. Real talk. That's, that's simple. Wow. Like, <laughs> hey, to see that in like HD like that must be, must feel so amazing. Man, I'm ready now. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I am ready. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Man. Hey, golly, bro. That's that's so phenomenal, man. That's so phenomenal. I love it, man. I love right, it. Right. So, this podcast is dope, man. Thank you, man. This, this podcast is dope, man. I, I definitely got to um, I, I gotta make sure we throw you some promo, man. This, this podcast is dope. Thank you, bro. Like, you this, know. This is a blessing, man. Like, so many, I think so many people will be so beneficial, benefited so much from this type of experience, man. This is this is the one right here, man. This is the one. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Like uh, the the creator, the creator told me, like, man, you got to show people, like, you got to show people this blessing. Because when I got rid of my daddy issues, like, I was just new, like, man, this is crazy. I, I, and it takes, it's like so fast. You only took like twenty minutes, bro, to have that many revelations, to have that many breakthroughs, to have years of personal development, years of therapy, multiple breakthroughs, all these triggers gone. It's like, that's like, it's crazy, crazy. Um, so yeah, God told me like, you got to show the people and I, and like, you can't do it over Instagram. You can't possibly do it over Instagram. You know uh, what yeah, I mean? yeah. Not with a, yeah, like a meme or anything. So show them. Right. Like so thank you so much for, for allowing me to, to be a blessing and for you to like be on the show and, and uh, you know I mean? To be a blessing right back to me as well. You know what I mean? Absolutely. By being on the platform. 
Absolutely, man. Thank you for for having me and hosting me. My um, <coughs> I told my daughter I was coming to shoot this at the school, and she's starting a podcast. She's eleven, so she's gonna be <laughs> when she sees it. She may she may try to she may try to inbox you like, can I get some notes? <laughs> That's a podcast. No, so. every, but hey, everything that I know, I will happily happily give her all the game. All that she can <laughs> have it she can, for real. The um uh bruh. Let's go ahead and put Titus up in a bow, man. Please give these people some more of your wonderful words of wisdom. All right, man. I would say um, the greatest lesson that I learned is uh, over all this time is that the number one law, if you want to get rich slash wealthy, is consistency. And consistency and inconsistency is the difference between people who make a lot of people who don't. It's literally if you know you have an idea that can generate you a lot of money. Mm-hmm. People are just watching to see how, how much do you believe in it? Mm-hmm. That's all they want to know. How much do you believe? So in the beginning, this is the example I give. This is my closing point. Business and entrepreneurship <coughs> is like, um, it's like an atom that's at, uh, what do you call it when it's not moving? Um, what's the term? Uh, not kinesthetic, but to potential. Yeah, it's got potential, but it's not moving. Um, it's in a state of, uh, Oh, inertia. That's what it is, right? Yes. It's yes. Not moving. And entrepreneurship is like that atom that you need a little bit of force, right? Force yourself in the beginning. You got to force it and you got to slowly push that atom. And that atom will slowly begin to rotate, right? Mm-hmm. And the more that atom rotates, it develops something called centripetal and centripetal force, right? Mm-hmm. The way centripetal and centripetal force works is just like when you take a bath, when you when you take a bath and you let the uh, water out, mm-hmm. it starts off really small, right? You, you, you can hear the water going out, but you don't really see anything. Mm-hmm. Well, after a few minutes, you see the tornado. And what's <laughs> happening is the centripetal and centripetal force are pulling in everything that they need. It, it's pulling things into themselves as it's draining the water out. That's mm-hmm. the same way the atom works, right? So when you first start a business, you're never going to have everything you need, right? You're not going to have the accountant. You're not going to have the attorney. You're not going to have a publicist. You're not going to have all those things. Mm-hmm. But you got to be like the atom that begins to rotate. The more you begin to rotate, all of a sudden, the things you need <coughs> will get drawn unto you. Mm-hmm. And as you begin to draw things unto you, now, at, at, in the beginning, you're going to have to go get the things you want. Like, oh, man, I want to be on this podcast. I got to call them. I got to talk to them, let them know what I'm doing, see why I should be on their podcast, right? But as you continue to grow with that, all of a sudden, one day somebody gonna call you. And then all of a sudden the news will show up or whoever. And the things that you used to have to go do now, those things will be drawn unto you. And you'll begin to, to, to pull into yourself the things you need to continue to grow. Why is that important? Because as that atom rotates, it also begins to expand. So if you want your kingdom to expand, you gotta keep the consistency of the momentum of that atom rotating. Oof. And if the moment you lose momentum, you got to start all over again. Mm-hmm. And that's why most businesses don't succeed. Not because you don't have a good idea, a good product, not because you don't have good marketing, not because you don't have the money, the resources, the network. They don't succeed because you kill your momentum. Mm-hmm. And the momentum is the very thing that's going to expand your territory and it's going to draw into you the things that you need. So mm-hmm. if you're an entrepreneur watching this, keep your atom going, keep that momentum and consistency moving and you'll find success sooner or later. Uh, beautiful, beautiful word. Like the realest, the realest ever, dog. Oh my gosh. Henry, <laughs> just once again, thank you so much. Hey, uh, where uh, my girlfriend and I would love to donate to the school. Where can people like find like all the information for your school as well so we can give? Absolutely. So 
even though they just took our Instagram page down, we put a new one up. But mm -hmm. you can always go to our school's website at www.kikafersentrepreneurial. What is it? No, I think it's kikafersacademy.org. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kikafersacademy. So let me spell it for everybody. <laughs> Watch. <laughs> like, how do you spell that? Right. As in King, I as in ice cream, K as in King, I as in ice cream, F as in Frank. E is in Edward, R is in Robert, S is in Sam, then academy.org, kikafersacademy.org. Um, you can go on that page. There's a donation button, and there's also a campaign that's running for scholarships for low-income children that people can donate to those, too. And I think that's kikafersacademy.org forward slash donation. Beautiful. So Beautiful. check those out. That's the website. You can find me on there, my wife, all of our social media, all of our students' books, um, yeah, everything's wow. on there. You can find the books too. That's amazing. Yo, I love it. I love it. Hey, thank you so much again. And thank you all out there in the audience that, that listen to this podcast. I truly, truly like love you so much for all your attention and your support. Um, and like this is the Drop Your Baggage podcast where we talk to people that are dope, that can bring you hope and show you a technique that can help you cope. And you're get, I'm your host. Charles Wolfork, the, the uh, self-talk engineer, undisputed. I'm just playing. Hey, until next time, take care of yourself and take care of one another. Peace. <laughs>